Hello and welcome to the Henrietta Christian Fellowship Podcast. The notes for the sermons featured here can be found at our website, henriettacf.org. Also, on Android or iOS mobile devices, you can find them on the Uversion app. Just click on search for live events and enter our zip code, 14543. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. history where they for, for generations had just been evil wicked worshiping idols and uh, they found a garden they made it into a worship place for, for false gods they you know, they found a stick they made it an idol they you know it's just they if they found a, a cool tree they worshiped under it and it was like and, and they've just been doing this for generations and uh it's then you get this like josiah you know king josiah who you know says no let's stop that and let's do let's, let's go worship god again and so they start cleaning out the uh the te- the temple and they f- hey you know we found this this the, this book of the law in there and they bring it out and they all weep you know to hear it and uh, anyways and he he turns to god and god says look you know the destruction that I, that it says is going to happen is going to happen but not to you not in your generation all right you know this 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 patience that god has toward us this uh you know not uh, you know, not 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 taking into account a wrong suffered. I mean, isn't that true? Jesus, you know, he died while we were yet sinners. Okay, and so I mean, if he if he had checked the accounts, there'd be no reason for Jesus to go to the cross if we had to earn it somehow. All right, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, and certainly God is a, a champion at not rejoicing in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Okay, this is God towards you. This is his love for you. All right, so we've got, that's a description of God. We've got, that's his love towards me. All right. Now comes the, 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 the peace that, that is, is wonderful. All right, because most, most, uh, most religions on the planet, you know, have a God and the God is great. And that's kind of where that ends. You know, the idea that you get to become like, like the, the God you worship. No, 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 no. You're always somehow... You know, way, way, way beneath it, and and this idea that somehow or another that that love that God is showing to me becomes the new characteristics of me. You know that I am, I have access to God in a way that uh, by the working of the Holy Spirit will produce this love that I saw in God in me. That'd be cool. You know, and I could love myself real good. Well, but that's not the the end of it either. You know, because then comes the fourth piece which is this agape love is our ministry to the rest of the world around us you know that that is what uh that's what that's for you know is that uh i get to then go be this living demonstration of the love of jesus christ in the lives of other people that might not otherwise ever come to know god you know now it's it's fairly unavoidable people at times are going to become impressed with you Okay, if you if you live this way, people they will. I mean, uh, you know, Paul and Barnabas. I think Paul and Barnabas. Yeah, they they walked into a city, laid hands on somebody, they got healed, and they quickly said, "Oh, the gods have come down to us," and began wanted to worship them, and they had to say no. So I mean, the people will be impressed with you as they see uh, this worked out in your life is pretty hard to avoid. But then you have the joy of being able to say, "No, no, no, what you're seeing is is not." It's not my character. It's not. It's not me. It's it's God in me. It's this. It's that God is trying. You know, people would say, uh, you know, when sometimes the, some ministry from the Holy Spirit would come through me into somebody else's life, and they'd say, "Wow, man, how do you know that?" And I would tell them, the point isn't that I know it. God wants you to know that He knows it. 
You know, the, you know that the, the, the God sees you that way. Sometimes a word of encouragement comes to somebody through you. And there's, oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. I said, well, well yeah, thank you very much for the compliment. It's very nice. But please understand something. That wasn't for me. That was something God wanted you to know. You know, God wanted you to, to, to understand these things. And, you know, how many people do you think need to be knocked down one more time? I suppose there's, there's some evil people in the world that need to get knocked down. But most of us walking this planet, you know, need somebody to speak something lift us up. You know, on the average day, you know, it's, you know, the, you know that, that place over in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 4, where it tells you with your children, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And you know those words, bring me up, you know what I mean in the original language? Bring them up. Yeah, don't knock them down, bring them up. You know, you're raising them, <laughs> okay? Um, try that in your garden. You know, <laughs> you're raising things in the garden, right? You're, the idea isn't to knock them down, it's to raise them up. We'll talk about pruning another day, because that would contradict what I was, the point I was trying to make. All right. But, um, okay, so this is over in Ephesians chapter uh, 5, verses 1 and t beginning of, part of 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And by the way, that word beloved... You guessed it. Uh, okay. You are agape children. You are children that are experiencing the agape of God. All right? so, so it says as people who are experiencing this, this agape, walk in agape. Walk in love. Okay. Just as Christ also agape you, loved you, and gave himself up for you. All right? So at this point, if you're like me, you're thinking, how can we do this? How is this possible? You know, that, you know, that this... Thing. This is the character of God, Pastor Don. You don't understand. You know, that, that point where, yeah, well, yeah, well, but I'm not Jesus, you know. I mean, it's like you have the excuse that, that we give when, when we fall short, but it's like, yes, you are to somebody. You know, to somebody, you might be the closest thing to Jesus they're ever going to meet. And so, but how can we do this? Oh, my goodness, I'm feeling the common condemnation coming down on me, you know, even as we consider the possibility of even going to try to be this fit this description I, I mean i'll fail yes we will you know sometimes we'll fail all right but i just want to say that uh we must do this but then we, we can't you know so what do we do with this and the first one is pray 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 you know if there's ever you know something that that, that moves us to pray it's need okay and god wants us to experience this need to understand i'm not loving enough you know, that I, 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 don't, I don't show God's love, you know, the way that, that, that it needs to be shown. And, and so I have a need, and so I pray, and I seek God for this, and I say, God, help me. Help me to love the way I should love, you know. God, help me to be patient. What's the first thing that comes? Trials, all right? And the trials, you know, you know it's like, oh, you know, and, you know, and, and but to, to understand that God is at work in all of this, and uh, so we should pray. Pray without ceasing, First Thessalonians 5, 17. Okay, pray. All right. And then, you know, um, the other one is, is that, you know, there's something about singing and making melody in our hearts of the Lord that prepares us for serving God. You know, because I don't know, my heart is not naturally singing. You know, I mean, you know, I think that the world song is zippity doo da, you know, but, uh, you know, zippity doo da, zippity a. Oh, my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine heading my way. The biddy doo da, wonderful day. Da 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 da. You know, it's like you know. All right. Have you noticed that don't work? <laughs> that in the end, the biddy doo da just somehow comes to an end. But love never fails. Okay, love never fails. Okay, there are some days I can't get my zippity doo da going. You know. <laughs> okay. You know, I 
and uh, sometimes things are just too tough, too hard, and the people that I got to deal with, they aren't like the people you have to deal with, the people I have to deal with are really impossible, you know, and it's like, you know, but, you know, so this, Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 both tell us about singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord, you know, that this is important somehow to what God is doing. So, like, we practice a little bit on Sunday mornings doing this, you know, but take that out and, you know, and actually practice. You'd be surprised the difference that this makes when it comes to just surrendering yourself to God. All right? And um, because, you know, we sometimes think and sing without even meaning to. All right? And sometimes you get a song going in your heart, and sometimes the song come back just when you need it. All right? So, but seek God continually. All right? We, we, we read that from Psalms 105 uh, earlier today, okay? And to remember at the base of all of this, that it is not the law of God that is your strength, all right? Uh, it is not the judgments of God that is your strength, okay? It is not even the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's your strength. These are all things that are present, but it is the joy of the Lord that's your strength, all right? And what I want to encourage you is that in the midst of all this, as you're seeking God for this, as you're having your successes and having your failures, and as you're getting back up and going again, you know, that somewhere in the midst of it that you'd understand that, uh, you know, I stood here with my little granddaughter. She's close to perfect, but she's not perfect, okay? You know, I, I, I love her dearly, all right? But, you know, that, that warm hug and that grandfatherly, uh, you, know, you know, appreciation, uh, you know, that she gets from me is not because she's perfect. It's because I love her. God loves you. You know, and that is something to, to have joy in. To understand that in all this, if, you're, if, you, if it, out of sincerity of your heart, you're, you're seeking God and pursuing all this with him. He's rejoicing over you even when you fail. Okay? That doesn't mean you can say, huh, well, it doesn't matter if I succeed or fail. Hey, you know, no, no, no. You know, that's, that's not a good direction. But to understand, as we sincerely pursue him, God is rejoicing over us, and, and that's, that's a reason for joy. All right? Keep in mind that the, the joy of the Lord is your strength was what they said when they were rebuilding Jerusalem. All right? Jerusalem had been destroyed because God had brought judgment on it. Okay? And now they're in the process of rebuilding it. And they get to a certain point, and they decide to have a celebration. And he says, look, go out and celebrate. Now, they're celebrating in the midst of the destruction, because right, they, they've got some of it put back together again. But you know, they're walking down streets that are just lying in ruins. And so he reminds him that it is the joy of the Lord that is your strength. All right? And so in all this, I just don't, I don't want you to get where, you, you know, you know, where the whole church is like, oh, my goodness, heavy burden Pastor Don laid on us. Well, it's from the Word, so it's not from me. But, but, but no, it's just that this is, this is a joyful thing, you know, to enter into this place in relationship with God because that relationship, that's where, that's where it's at. Now, now we're going to do the math, okay? All right, there, there are... Interesting enough, let's count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are eight identifiers, and by gum, aren't there eight disqualifiers? See? And God good. God's good. For the mathematicians and the engineers among us, you know, going to make it, you know, kind of balance that thing out for you. And so the identifiers are patient, kind, rejoices with the truth, bears all things. We're going to spend some time with that one. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and never fails. The disqualifiers, it's not jealous, doesn't brag, it's not arrogant, doesn't act unbecomingly, doesn't seek its own, isn't provoked, doesn't keep lists of wrongs that it suffered, and doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness. Hmm. You know, and so I, I, you know, knowing my memory is only so good, I did jot down some little cheat notes here, but um, that, that one with being patient means being long-spirited, means, means you don't wear out easy, okay, when it comes to these things. You're forbearing. You know, there's those times where, you know, you're not quick-tempered, all right? 
you're kind. You know, it means to be kind. I, I, was, I, always, I always love these, these word definitions because it, it gives you a different picture of it. It means to make yourself useful. You know? It's, my, my, my mom must have grown up in a home where they talked about Greek definitions of words or something like that. You know, I got nothing to do. Well, make yourself useful. She used to say that. <laughs> so I think she's getting this stuff from somewhere. I don't know. She listens to, well, she doesn't listen to it. She listens to the 10-minute video summary, so I have to get that in there for her. Because she, she, she told me last night, she, she, she catches them every week. So anyways, believes all. And I think, wait a minute, what's, what's going on here? Believes, uh, so you just believe everything? No. What it's talking about is a person who has the capacity to entrust themselves. All right, that they 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 look for and they find, you know, good things and they can give themselves to it. They believe all things, you know. I think about the opposite of that and how prevalent it is in our culture. I remember I was talking with somebody about healing and they said, "Well, you know, like when I see those things where people are healed, I, I'm skeptical." I said, "That's probably why we don't see more healings, because it doesn't produce faith; it produces skepticism." You know, and and I said, uh, "You know, but this but this it says you know love, you know this agape, you know, do you know that God entrusts?" himself to you? Take a moment. Let that sink in. God entrusts himself to you. He put his Holy Spirit in you. You showed some obedience. He said, we'll come make our dwelling place to you. Holy Spirit, fill that one. God, God entrusted you. In fact, I, God gives gifts to people, and you know, I've seen those gifts still in operation when they left, walked away from God and were in sin. Whoa. I mean, great accountability to the Lord for, for what they're doing with that gift. We had one guy who was, he was such an exhorter, and man, he just had, he had 2,000 verses committed to memory. Okay, and he just boom, boom, boom like this. And if we just keep him out of jail, you know, he'd be a good minister, you know. But, uh, you know, he, yeah, that's a real person, by the way. Yeah. I won't name him. Because there, there's another thing in here that's going to say, don't name them, okay? Yeah. So, anyways, hopes, they expect good, okay? Endures, okay? They, they, um, they, stay, they, they, they stay under, you know? But this one bears all things. You know, that's an intriguing one. And I, I think about the political climate in which English translations came to the fore. And I think to myself, perhaps that's why it is translated bears, all things, rather than covers all things. Okay, because that's what the word means. It means to cover. Covers all things. All right, and uh, love, you know, it, it covers a multitude of sins, all right? And, and that is agape that was being taught. First Peter 4, 8, so, so, keep fervent in your agape, your love for one another, because agape covers a multitude of sins. It's the same word. <clears throat> And uh, Proverbs 19.11 tells us that, you know, that a person's uh, discretion, you know, gives them patience and it's their glory to overlook a fault. Now, does this mean that we should let a person get away with criminality and harming people and just say, ah, well, I just, I'll just cover that and I went up because I love them? It's not what it's talking about here. But, you know, think about how this would commonly apply in our lives. <clears throat> how often do we repeat a bad story? Hey, we're all prone toward it. You know, something bad happens and you just repeat the bad story over and over and over and over and over again. Well, agape does the opposite of that. And I guess they actually teach this in the uh, Dale Carnegie course. You know, whatever you got to deal with, deal with it, be done with it, and move on. <coughs> what they call it? Something tight something. I don't know. It's like a day-tight day compartments or something like that. Everyone is, and basically it's deal with it, done with it, and then move on. And agape is like that. You know, God will deal with you about your stuff. And then 
you know, God forgives, and, and it's just, he moves on. You know, and I, I just, I remember so much Jerry LaCroix. You know, just, you know, I, I did something stupid. It was just, it was stupid, stupid, you know, and we ended up with a rather major, you know, thing that happened to, you know, that cost a bunch of money. And uh, anyways, and he chewed me up so bad. And then the next day I called him. I was afraid to call him, but I had to. And anyway, he was just had moved on. And I'm like, I said, Jerry, aren't you still mad at me? About what? And I says, about what happened yesterday. That was yesterday. Anything else? I'm like, wow. You know? I mean, that's just Dale Carnegie. You know? That's just Dale Carnegie. This is just, you know, the world trying to be successful at business and stuff. All right? And they figured something out. It's an eternal principle, which is that it's wise, all right, to cover things. <clears throat> You know, that, that thing that somebody, I remember at some point, uh, God spoke to me about my testimony that I would share because, you know, my dad and I had a rough relationship. And uh, anyways, um, and so that always made it into, you know, what I was sharing. And um, anyways, the Lord challenged me on it one day. You know, he says, why do you, why do you, you know, why do you, you know, bash your father so badly every time you talk about me? You know, it's like, and I, Ooh, you know, and, uh, and I stopped it. I stopped it because it was like, no, no, it, it, you know, agape covers stuff. You know, I mean, there's times where things get repeated, and I think if that's true, why would we want to repeat it? You know, it's like, uh, you, know, it, you know, if you're the person supposed to deal with it, go deal with it. But, you know, many times it's things that we really aren't the people that are the ye which are spiritual that Galatians 6.1 talks about that are supposed to be correcting these people, and yet we, you know, we get into this pattern, and that's not agape, all right? All right, so let's, let's, okay, so we've got, it's patient, it's kind, it rejoices with the truth, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes, it endures, and it never fails. And the, the connection between enduring and never failing, all right, uh, things fail quick if we give up on them. Uh, I, I remember working with some people, and they would try things for like about two or three times, and then, ah, it didn't work, and then walk away from it. And I said, if you don't stick with it longer than that, you don't even know if it would succeed, you know. But, you know, sticking with people. You know, I, I, there was a, a guy that worked with me in Teen Challenge, and he backslid real badly. And anyways, I was the last person to believe the stories that he had. Uh, and then, you know, then it was confirmed to me, you know, for sure that he had. And anyways, but I stuck with him and kept trying to encourage him, just kept trying to minister to him. And it took many, many years, you know, probably about 15, 20 years, and he eventually came back. And you never guess who he came looking for when he came back. The last person was still believing in him. All right, and sometimes we got to be the last person who's still believing in somebody, even though you look like a fool. All right, sometimes you look like a fool for being the last person to believe in somebody, but oftentimes when a person, you know, goes looking to repent, they're going to come looking for the last person who believed in them. You know, and uh, sometimes we try to be too smart and kind of miss God. All right, so, um, but these disqualifiers. Why these disqualifiers? No jealousy, no bragging, not being arrogant, not acting unbecoming, and all that sort of thing. And I think it's because you've got to get those things out of the way so that you can have room for what God's going to do. Because if you're full of jealousy, if you're bragging, if you're arrogant, if you're doing whatever you want to do no matter how it looks, all right, if you're busy promoting yourself and getting upset about every little thing that happens and, uh, you know, and being too entertained by people's misdeeds, I don't think you've got room for what God's about to do. And, you know, and I, as, I was, as I was just considering all this, the, this uh, thing over in chapter 14 about where we're heading, uh, let's see here, where is it now? Eh, I know it's right here. See, I should have I gone and looked it up and been a little more diligent here. 
Here it is. Okay. But the one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Edification, building people up. Exhortation, you know, calling people to, to do what's right. And consolation, comforting when things go wrong. All right? So if that's what God's about to start using us for, if God's going to start using us to, to build people up, all right, I don't know how you feel. All right, so you're going through a tough time, and, you know, you really you need some encouragement. You know you need somebody who's going to believe in you just a little bit enough to, to, to help you, to, to, to you know, and, and there's this person at work that's always got a bad story about everybody. All right? Yeah, that's... You know, you've noticed this, okay? It's like, you know, they've always got all these critical stories about everybody, you know? Yeah, this one this way, this one that way. Blah, blah, blah. Are you going to them for encouragement? Are you going to them to get built up? I'm thinking no. In fact, I'm terrified of this person. Because, you know what? There's this little thing in business. He who comes with the bone leaves with the bone. You know, and, and what it is, is it's like, so they come to you with a bad story about somebody else, just, you know, they're leaving here with a bad story about you. All right? We can't be those people. Not if we're going to show the agape of God. Not if we're going to show the love of God. Okay? We can't be the people that always got something, a little needle for somebody. All right? We can't be that way. We've got to be at the place where we're being, we, we manifest these things that chapter 14 over here tells us. Edification. Exhortation. You know, and this thing about being an exhorter. You know, Billy Graham's an exhorter. You know, he, he's, I, I think, more than an evangelist. He's actually an exhorter. He just gets a lot of people saved in the process, you know. But he, boy, doesn't, he, you know, anytime you hear him, you know, and I'm trying to think of the last time I heard Billy speak poorly of anybody, you know. Now, he will speak to our sinful condition, and he will call us to account before God for that. But you never feel the, the finger, you know, from, from, you know, being pointed at you by him. You know, you, you definitely feel convicted, but it's like, but where's that coming from? You know, and you understand that, you know, he's representing God, and in that pr presence of that, you sense this thing. And then lastly, consolation. To be a true consoler is a, is a powerful place to be. All right? Because I don't care who anybody is. I don't care how powerful and high and mighty they might be. The day comes when they need somebody that's going to speak to them in the midst of, of some difficulty that they've experienced. And, and for you to be the person that has earned the right to be that consoler, the person who can come and comfort them. All right? And um, I, I, I'll tell you, consolers typically have a pretty pure life when it comes to their, their relationships with people. All right? Because to be a person where you can speak peace into somebody's heart and there's no contradiction there. They're not nursing a wound from you last week. You know, uh, that's a powerful place to be. But this is what this work of the Spirit's going to be about in us. You know, as we go back and start to address spiritual gifts again, when we come out of this segment on, on, on love, you know, to recognize what kind of people we ought to be. I'm going to just address this rather quickly, but vertical and horizontal relationships are intertwined, Okay. And when we talk about this love with God and love with one another and everything, to understand this is all like one kind of ball of string, uh, you know, and you probably never did this. I did this all the time. My grandmother had a, a, a junk drawer, and in the junk drawer was always string. And the string was always knotted up and, 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 and everything like that. And so I would take the string out, and I would pull it all apart. And, you know, and, and you'd, so you'd pull the string here, and you'd see something move over there, and you're, you're trying to figure out how to un unravel this mess. All right. 
And, you know, our lives, you know, our relationship with Jesus Christ, our relationship with one another, our relationship with God, our relationship here, vertical relationships, horizontal relationships, that they're intertwined. And, uh, you know, that when I'm struggling in my horizontal relationships, when I'm having a hard time here, you know, sometimes I can, you know, really quickly start trying to fix everything. And, and, and I find, for the most part, that's a pretty unsuccessful strategy. But the place the Word tells us to begin is to begin in the relationship that we have with God, get things right there, excuse me, and then, and then, then you can say, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. This is agape again, okay? By this, the love of God was manifested in us. God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this, in this love, uh, not that we love God, but that he loved uh, us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another, okay? The reason that we are loving is because we're loved. Right? Well, how, should, how can I love this person? How does God love you? You know, and to, to, to understand that this, this, this place of growth, this place where we become more like him, this place where our life comes more into line. No, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. Again, back to what we're looking at in chapter 13. This parallels right in. This whole thing about love and the, and the power of the spirit to produce love in us and to produce the gifts that are necessary to show that love. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him and he in God. Very simple. We have come to know... And listen to this. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. Let me say that one more time. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. And I, I think I want to ask that as a question. Have we? Have we come to know and believe the love that God has for us? Uh, that's not a simple question to answer. All right? We have come to know the love, and we've come to believe the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this love is perfected within us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. All right? Have we come to know and believe? Have we? You know, that's, that's really the question here. Um, you know, that there is this thing that's happening around us that Jesus talked about in Matthew twenty four twelve. Because of lawless, because lawlessness uh, is increased, most people's agape will grow cold. Their their love will grow cold. Back to the beginning of what we were saying: love, patience, and truth are always the way for us to walk. God created us to, to live the love of God, and understand that that in, in, as as we draw towards the close of the age, right? A lot of people that agape is going to grow close, uh, cold. Can I help you to understand something? The world doesn't have agape. He's talking about us. He's not warning us, oh, there's evil sinners out there that are agape. They didn't have agape in the first place. Right? You got agape. I got agape. We got agape. Well, it seems like there's like a, maybe a, a limerick or something here. But, uh, but, I, but I, you know, to understand something, that we're at risk, you know, that in the midst of all the lawlessness, in the midst of all the offenses, you know, that this agape would grow cold at the very moment that God is intending to invest in us powerfully, you know, so that we, we become these witnesses and that these gifts operate in us in ways that demonstrate the love of God powerfully in the lives of others. 
but it's our great privilege. You know, this, this is, I, I remember the first time I saw this and the hundredth time that I saw this, uh, this in Acts 5.32, and the, and the disciples are brought before the, 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 the rulers again. And uh, anyways, and so they're telling them, look, you know, this stuff's happening because this Jesus that you crucified, God has raised him up. And he says, and we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Now this fits hand and glove right into what we're talking about here. The idea that we, are, we become witnesses, all right? That it's the Holy Spirit of God who has been given to us. And the issue here, you know, when it comes to agape love is, is an issue of obedience. The one who has agape is the one who loves me. And I think God gives greater agape, gives a greater investment of the power to show agape into the lives of those who just simply to say, yes, Lord, and, and obey him. You know, because in the end, you know, there are three ways to minister. All right? We can minister out of our abilities, you know, our natural abilities. You know, we all have natural abilities. You may feel like you don't have many, you do too. You, just don't, you may not realize it, maybe people have beaten you down and you haven't been able to understand how precious you are just in your own natural abilities. Okay? All of us have them. All right? I could send you to uh, some third world country in a feeding program and your natural abilities would kick in in ways that you never dreamed and you, you would understand, wow, have I got a lot to, to give. You can minister out of your natural abilities, but that's, that's what, what we're talking about here is, is that God desires to give you a gift to empower uh, the, those natural abilities, but beyond the natural abilities, to empower supernatural abilities in you, okay, to show this love, all right? But the, 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 the third piece here, and the best way to minister is out of relationship. That God, God, you know, God could have just, you know, taught us karate and left. You know what I mean? He could, you know, but it's like he could have just, you know, said, "Okay, here you go. Here's the gifts, and here's how to use them." And left us an instruction booklet and just taken off. But he didn't. Okay, we don't wor worship a God on the other side of the universe who once in a while visits. Okay, we worship a God who lives in us. All right, and so the most powerful ministry involves the gifts. But it comes out of your relationship with God, with the time that you're spending with Him. The, 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 the things, Don, Don gave a wonderful teaching on, on, on prayer uh, in, the, in the men's breakfast uh, yesterday morning. And the first point was, you know, to silence your heart before God. <laughs> so I came in this morning and says, you know, it really is it's such a wonderful reminder to me. And I, I said, so yesterday, you know, I got some time. Sue was out of the house, and I thought, this is a great time. You know, I went to my little prayer corner there, and, you know, and I got down there, and I just, you know, just said, I'm just gonna, I just want to silence my heart before God. You know, I'm thinking about 10, 15 minutes, you know, an hour, an hour before I got the, the distracting thoughts to shut down. All right? But, you know, that, that, that's, that's sort of a necessary thing. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, if I'm going to have this relationship with God, I guess I've got to shut up and just listen sometimes, right? You know, that there's times that he's trying to tell me stuff. You know, we just, we want to fill the air with our words. But sometimes he's waiting for, God might have two words for you this morning. Those are more powerful than the thousand you had. All right? And so, out of the relationship. In every season, the gifts of the Spirit and our relationship with God were given to us so that we can live our lives as powerful demonstrations of the agape love of God to show who God is because we are His. Okay? That you are His makes you His representatives. Okay? I remember when I first started at Bethel, and Pastor Ron was a senior pastor, had been there for about 10 years, and I came on, and so he wanted me to take over a fair amount of, of the, the, the visiting and the pastoral care stuff. And, and when I, I'd come into the room, and the person would go, they wanted to see if, it, it, well, Pastor Ron's coming, right? <laughs> he didn't just send you, did he? Okay. It took several years 
okay, of building relationship and of you know conforming my character what, to what God was trying to do in those rooms before they stopped looking past me to see if the real guy was here. All right. What I want you to understand is that the, the analogy here is this: that God desires for you to be His representatives in the same way. You know that when you show up, people don't need to look beyond you to see if something else is coming. No, you're the one that God sent to represent him, to show his love to them. What a powerful place to be. What an amazing thing. It, it doesn't always look pretty, just so you know. Okay? Sometimes it looks very messy. God steps into messes all the time. And he may send you into some messes. All right? But just to step in and say, you know something? You know, the love of God is here. I'm not bragging on it. I'm not arrogant about it. But to understand... I understand. God sent me there to, to represent agape to these people. And he, gave, he, he believed in me so much, he invested in me by giving me a spiritual gift and empowering me to do it in ways that will make sure that people understand that what they just received didn't come from me, it came from God. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast brought to you every week by Henrietta Christian Fellowship located at 1085 Middle Road in Rush, New York. If you have a prayer request or a need, we want you to know that we're here for you. Please send us an email at henriettacf at gmail.com. That's henriettacf at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening and God bless.